This morning, I want to talk to us about enjoying financial freedom. Are you with me? You can take it off now. Enjoying financial freedom. And this morning, I'm not speaking as an expert because I know how messy, once upon a time, my finances were. I'm speaking from simple principles that I've now seen in the scriptures that if I was positioned where most of us might be positioned today, uh, my life and my finances would have been completely different. I love to speak about finances the most. Do you know why that is? Because it has beaten me badly. It has beaten me badly. And I could see that we can enjoy this position of financial freedom or we can have dominion over our finances if we follow simple principles that are in the scriptures. And that's what I was going to talk to us about. Proverbs 13 verse 22. Proverbs 13 verse 22. says, A good man leaves an inheritance for his children, and the wealth of the sinners is stored up for the righteous. A good person will leave an inheritance for the children. So let us let all of us start on a playing field. So there's three or four categories of people in this place now. Um, some are just starting, and today's message is going to be extremely relevant. Just follow the principle. Where by the grace of God, you will see the result in Jesus' mighty name. Some have made a mess of their finances, and they need to go back and repair and then continue from where they are. While some, you might have been doing it very well, then you're going to see what you need to do much more. Is that okay? But the truth is that for a message like this to come at this time, it's because God wants to heal some of our finances. And I pray that God is going to heal yours in the name of Jesus. I pray that God is going to heal yours in the name of Jesus. The reason why this is important and the reason why God is going to do this is because of 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. Let us all read it together on the board. One to go. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that through his poverty you might be rich. That scripture says there's a grace in our Lord Jesus Christ that the essence of him becoming poor was so that you can be rich. There's a grace that's in Christ. A grace that is supplied through his own choice by making himself poor so that if you are able to tap into that grace, then you can be rich. Because that scripture that we first read says that the rich will always rule over the poor. You will not be poor in Jesus' mighty name. Now, riches or being wealthy or having money is subjective to somebody. You, somebody's wealth is another man's poverty. When Bill Gates is speaking, right, the minute his wealth eats one billion, he says, I'm broke, Right? Meanwhile, that's somebody else's prayers that God just add one to mine. So it's subjective. So it's not a competition. 
You can't look at the next person and be like, oh, I want to be richer than this person. That's not what God has called you to. Being rich is you having all sufficiency. Know that God is your sufficiency and you have an abundance to be a blessing unto others. Are you with me, church, this morning? Now, speaking about enjoying financial dominion, one question you and I need to ask ourselves this morning is, who is in control of our finances? Because the word dominion is the same thing as the word control. So it's either you are in control of your finances or somebody else is. Who is in control of your finances? Because the reason why the finances might not be working for you is because somebody else is in control. The reason why your car is, in con- is working for you is because you are in control of your car. Isn't it? Now, think about it. How many of us drive in this place? Have you not realized that when you enter into a, 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 a bump, when, when you, anytime you eat a bump, you don't feel it as much as the person sitting next to you? Because you're in control. That person is only the experience of the bump. Oh, why, why are you not taking it? Because by the time you are getting to it, you know that you're getting it, so you release it. It's like you go with it. Because you're in control. That is the same way life is or your finances is. If you are not in control of your finances, somebody else is in control and it will not work for you. Money, they call it currency because the current is meant to flow, it's meant to work, it's meant to carry power from one point to another, it's meant to carry message from one point to another, it's meant to have an effect. So if you are working every day, you are earning every month, and it's not working for you, somebody else is controlling it. And we're not even talking about the devil now. So don't think I'm saying that the devil is controlling your finances, which is also possible anyway. Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. No man can serve two masters. Either he hates one and loves the other, or else he will owe to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. God and mammon cannot be controlling your finances. It's either of the two. But the question is, if, if, if your, your, your finance is controlled by either God or mammon, how can you ensure that mammoth is not controlling yours? Is that okay? That, let's, let's put that aside, number one, and clear that part from the whole thing. Mark chapter 12, verse 30. Every, in fact, every law, every principle, every instruction, every commandment from the Bible must always and can always be traced back to this scripture. Everything that God requires of you and I can always be traced back to this scripture. So when they asked Jesus Christ, which is the greatest commandment, he gave them these two and said, from it, every other thing flows. If you look at the way Luke put it. Are you with me? So in order for you to ensure that uh, your finances is not controlled by any other being or any other thing in this world, that's controlled by God, or it's controlled by you because you can control your finances yourself too, right? Then you need to ensure that it's like this. You need to ensure that it fulfilled the first one. 
which is your finances must love God with everything that it is in it, which is why we pay tithe. Are you with me? Which is why we pay tithe. You pay tithe fulfills the first commandment. But this morning, I want to focus on the second part of it. It says, the second is like this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. What is the measure of you loving your neighbors? I'm asking, church. Yourself. Question for you this morning. When was the last time you paid yourself? Because when you pay your tithes, you are meant to pay yourself next. But what we've done, what most of us do, is that we pay our bills first, we pay God next, if you do, and then thirdly, we don't even remember to pay ourselves. So we work all year, right, working to pay our bills and struggling to pay our tithes, and at the end of the year, you cannot show anything that you have paid for yourself. That's why we get discouraged. If you are not paying yourself, then your finances, you are not in control. You are not having dominion of your finances. Am I making sense this morning, church? Am I making sense this morning? Your finances need to get to the point of fulfilling this scripture. The first one is because you cannot serve God and mammon, let God take his 10%. There's no argument about that. It's not the time to talk about sight. 10%, which is the stand, which is the basic. You can even increase it. It's the barest minimum God expects of you to pay. 10%. Just knock that off. Make direct debit. You know, whichever way you want to do, just do it. But guess what? You must also learn to pay yourself. You must learn to pay yourself. This is where I'm going this morning. You must learn to pay yourself second. You don't pay all those other things. You pay yourself second. When I say you pay yourself, what do I mean? How is your savings like? Because you are earning now, they've increased you by 10,000. The 10,000 is for something else. It's not the time to go and buy a new car. Because if you need to buy a new car, guess what you are doing? You are increasing your payment to mammoth. Somebody else is becoming rich on that. You are making those 5% richer. And you think, oh my God, I'm driving a Jaguar now. Hey, please, drive your Jaguar. Right? Because I will change my car. <laughs> right? But A, you must not do it at the detriment of paying yourself. At the end of the year, can I, church, can I use somebody as an example? Can I use somebody as an example? All right, everyone say yes. Um, Esther, can I borrow you? She said, yeah. <laughs> I've had this in mind since Friday. I was going to surprise her. Because if I ask her before, she said no. Oh, there's no chair. All right. I'm going to use it as an example today. Is that all right? Eh? And every way I use an example is because God is going to lift you up. In the name of Jesus. The example I use you for will never work against you. In the name of Jesus. In fact, the fact that people are hearing of your testimony today, I'm praying that they will hear of it when it gets bigger and better. In the name of Jesus. So, about two years ago, or maybe 18 months ago, we had a discussion, isn't it? How much was your savings at that time? How much? 
This is the. You don't mind church, eh? We are family. Eh? Before discussion. Say it's ah. All right. She can't remember because it was, it was not significant. Let's leave it as that. Okay, thousand pounds. Right? And we set out to do a project. Isn't it? What was the project? To get a property. You had 1,000 pounds, right? And you had to get a property. Did your salary increase at the point, at that same point that we're having discussion? No. When I told you to start paying yourself a particular amount to the side, right? What was your response? Was it actually possible? Okay, but you kept at it and you did it. You struggled. How many holidays did you go to during that period? How many holidays? You didn't go on holidays. What were the sacrifices that you gave up to ensure that you did it? Tell me, when did you buy your property? Okay, this month. All right, so, yeah. Yeah, let's celebrate Jesus. How does that make you feel? Amen. Thanks so much. So is it worth working now? Good, thank you. You see, she's not, she doesn't complain about work before. Before, when I, Esther used to complain about work a lot. <laughs> Are you me, church? Because that is the reality of what we're talking about today. Listen, I have a very simple formula that I want to, sell, I want to share with us. It is biblical, right? You pay your, your tithe 10%, isn't it? You must pay yourself a minimum of 10% monthly. To your savings. I'm not talking about the savings that you're going to use for a car. No. That's not what I'm talking about. Remember how we started that a good man will leave an inheritance for his children. So we're talking about long-term investment savings. At the minimum, 10% of your income must go towards that. I'm not talking about the investment. I'm not talking about the savings for your wedding. Because that's still for consumption. It is such that will make you a good person. 10%. You know, the reality of it is that that 10%, the 10% tight and the 10% you are meant to pay yourself, God has always included it in your salary regardless of how much you earn. But you have always eaten it. Are you with me in church? It is not the 10% you go and buy your car. You save for that separately. But this is a 10% that's untouchable. Then 80% of it can now be whatever it is that you want to do. You know, give your offering in it, save for your holiday in it, save your, for your car in it, pay your telephone bill. All those things that give you self-gratification you can do inside that one. Is that okay? The reason is because when you do this, they have significances in you having financial dominion. Number one thing that it has Number one thing that he has, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 to 10. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 to 10. I want to tie two scriptures together into, into one. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 to 10. It says, whenever you honor the Lord with your wealth, 
and with the first fruit of all your products, your barn increases. Your barn will be filled with plenty. Your barn, what do you think your barn is in that scripture? You know, oftentimes you think it's your income. No, it's the middle one that increases. It's the middle one that tends to increase. So now, for example, Kunle suddenly honored God with his tithes, and God increased. What did God increase? Thank you. So the money that's coming to your hand is not for you to go and increase the 80%, it's for you to increase your band. Are you with me? It's for you to increase your band. So at the end of the year, we should be able to see that 10,000 inside your account saved. But what tends to often happen is the minute God starts blessing us, guess what we do? We go and increase the 80%. But it is the middle one that needs to be increasing and increasing and increasing and increasing. Let me show you some calculations. The minimum salary in the UK is £1,272 per month, take home, after tax. Based on, what's that thing called? Minimum wage. 1,272 after tax. Do you know that if you save 10% of that every month, that means you're saving 127 pounds 20p every month. 10%. In five years, you will have 7,632 in your account. Right? Five years, you have 7,632. If you think five, if you think that 7,000 is too small to save in five years, just ask yourself how much you've saved in the last five years. <laughs> do, do you where I'm coming from? If you take that 7,632 and you put it at the barest investment in this country, ISA, offering you 2%, that's the barest and the simplest investment that you could ever make in this country. ISA, just put it in the bank and let it be yielding you 2% per annum, right? Over 15 years, you'll have saved, you'll have 58,800 in your account. Right? If you leave 58,800 for your children, will they not be happy? I'm asking. So, you and I seated now at the least, especially the younger ones. If you're younger than me, you don't have a choice. I'm 46, by the age of 60, I must be able to leave 58,000 pounds for Joshua. You can set it up today. Isn't it? So let's even assume that you are any less than that. Let me even give you if you're any 600 pounds. 600 pounds. Yeah, 600 pounds a month, right? In five years, you would have saved 3,600, right? Put in the same ISA, right? At the end of the 15 years, I would have been able to leave 17,545 for Joshua. Guess what? You earn 60, 600 pounds. The truth is that 60 pounds, honestly, every month you waste it. Because the money is meant to be for the barn in the first place. That's why all those wastage comes in. They realize that, hey, sorry if I don't give you birthday gifts. Sorry, it's not that I love you still, but you must honor people and give them birthday gifts because nobody will give you during your own time. You understand that, hey, sorry, it's your wedding, but I don't have enough, I don't have as much money to this one that you say we should come and pay one thousand pounds. Sorry, I can't do it. You cut your coat according to your size. You minimize wastages in your life. 
church, let me tell us the truth. We are a church that God has blessed our finances. Honestly, most of the people in this church, I know how much you were earning when you came in. And you know how far God has brought you. In a time of plenty, that is the time to save. It is ungodly that you are borrowing in the time of plenty. It is, un- listen to me, it is ungodly. Do you hear what I said? Ungodly. When it's ungodly, that means it's not inspired by God. It's inspired by self. Do what you can afford and keep within your limits. Don't let it bite you. It has beaten me painfully. There's no financial sense. Just look at the Bible. In the time of plenty in Egypt, what was, what was Joseph doing? He was saving. Because you're any big now, this is time for you to increase your barn. This is the time for you to increase your barn. So rather than, if you're any, rather than saving 10%, come on, why not save 50%? Don't say, oh, it's the minimum that we should be saving, church. It's the minimum that we should be saving, even if your income is 600. Because listen, I'm not ready to bury anybody. Everybody in this place, whether the devil likes it or not, 15 years time, all of us will be here. We'll be talking. We'll still know you. We'll come for your birthday. So it doesn't matter whether we are pensioners or anything. Honestly, no matter how much, just save 10% of it. The number of parking tickets that I got this month or last month is more than the 10%. And the reason why those parking tickets are coming is because the excess was there and I was not saving it. Because if I was saving it, I would drive carefully. That's the reality of it. Went to the beach last week, is it? Last week. And while we were eating, there were some birds flying everywhere. What were they waiting for? Those that are lying around. Whenever your money is lying around, whenever you have extra that's lying around, there are birds to pick them up. There are things that you just go, one day you just, you're not even going to, sh- you're not going shopping that day, but it was the day that you are walking down Bond Street, then that suit will just see you. You didn't see it though. That suit will just see you. It's a bird. Myself and my wife went to went to Asda yesterday, to Tesco yesterday. And when we're going, she wrote a list of the things that she needed to buy. Then when we got in Tesco, some birds started trying to fly. I said, no, keep to your list, let's go. It's the reality of it. Once upon a time, I sat down and I brought out all the books. There are so many books in our house that we don't read. We'll never read them again. Guess what I did? I started listing everything on Amazon. I started listing everything on Amazon. I sold all the books. Let somebody else use it. Let me have the money. You need to increase your brand. There are so many shoes. What are you going to do? If you die tomorrow, the shoes will not go with you. All those things do not even make you. You are beautiful the way you are. You are amazing the way you are. You don't need anything to compliment you. Listen, I'm going to use a word now with all apology. It is chavy for you to live above your means. For you to drive a car just, to, just for people to know you. It is weak. It is weak. Who are you making a statement for? The rich don't even do that. 
The fish don't even do that. They don't even do that. Look at how the, how the billionaires are. What do they wear? You know, it's not T-shirts. They don't even wear white so that you wouldn't know. They wear black so that when it's dirty, they recycle, you wouldn't know. So what do I need to do to make, to make sure, to make sure that, and you need to have a meeting with yourself, that you are in control. You are in control. The first thing that you need to do, make God first. Say, make God first. Oh, somebody is saying that, but pastor, you don't understand. I don't have that extra. Why they increase your money? Before they increase your money the last time, you did have extra. They increase your money again, you did have extra. But that is the reason. Make God first. Just close your eyes and just pay your thanks. After we were talking last week, after it took off yesterday, I said, it was me, you, and Israel agencies. And we're like, it's never easy and convenient for anybody to pay tithes, even me as pastor. Hmm? If you tell me that, oh, it's easy for you to pay tithes, that means you're not paying enough tithes. That's the truth. That means you should have increased your tithes all this time. You don't know that. If you feel like it's easy, it's because you're not paying enough tithes. Because anything you give God must be sacrificial. Once upon a time, my offering was for five pounds. And it was in this same church that I made up my mind and I, God, I will never give you five pounds offering again. And I increased it. Even then, I was still working. Now I know how much I earn. But guess what? I have even increased my offering and no way will it be. I still pay 10% tight, but it's increasing in Jesus' mighty name. It's increasing. So no matter, it should cost you. Just, just pay God so that God, leave that aside. Then, secondly, pay yourself. Pay yourself. I'm not talking about family savings. I'm talking about your own savings. Pay yourself. So that at the end of the year, even if it's 720, that now becomes your own savings at the end of the year. You can look at it and like, ah, at least I didn't work this year in vain. Every year, I always write it down. That, okay, so I've, I do, there's something I do. Um, religiously every year, right? I always look at my balance of my account at the beginning of the year and I compare it to the balance of my account at the end of the year. Right? Because if it is less than the way I started, that means I ran the year at a loss. Are you with me, church? So if you are saving 10%, no matter how much it is, guess what? At the end of the year, you can be sure that you look back and be like, ah, ah. At least God, we traded well this year. Pay yourself. The remaining 80% is sufficient for you. Oh, pastor, you don't understand. I, no, I don't want to understand. Cut a lot of things off. Cut a lot of things off. This jacket I'm wearing is beautiful. I've had it for over many years now. The first time I went to the U.S. Are you with me? There's a place in East London near Whitechapel that at times I buy a suit from and I look good in church. And some of you look at me and my God, pastor suits must be expensive. Right? Meanwhile, that suit, if only, I can't tell you. <laughs> if not, you'll my suit tomorrow. 
That's why I'm not taking you there to go and buy there too. <laughs> That's the reality of it. See, I know I look good when I dress. So even when I'm wearing a um, George shirt, you will not know. You will not know. When you are wearing Primark, who knows? You can cut it down. Why do you need unlimited phone calls when you cannot afford it? Cut it down. Cut it down. Cut your bills down anyhow. Myself, my wife, we sat down and we started cutting our bills down. See, we had a five-bedroom house. We moved into a three-bedroom cubicle. I'm serious. The luggage, that's why we don't like people coming to our house. <laughs> Apart from the fact that you eat a lot. <laughs> we have to, we have to go, cut everything down. Honestly, what we pay for mortgage now is what you pay for transport fare. Because we have to cut everything down. We had to cut everything down. When I changed my car, it wasn't foolishness. That car was 3.5 liter engine. What I'm driving now is two liter engine. The fuel that I used for a month was a fuel I was using for two weeks. You cut everything down. Come on. You can cut it down to that 80%, which you should be cutting down even for yourself. That is the barest minimum for anyone in Greylight Connections. Do I get an amen? Because there's a grace in Christ Jesus that through his poverty is so that you can be rich. If your generation after you still remains poor, you have taken that grace for granted. You have made Jesus to die in vain for you. You have made Jesus to be poor for you in vain. Bow down your head and talk to God this morning. I say, Lord, first of all, forgive me for mismanaging the funds that you have given to me. And then ask God, oh God, Lord, help me to make a change. Even if you're a student, start learning now. Say, pay your tithes. I know you are not working. Pay your tithes and save 10% of that pocket money. God, this morning. Talk to God this morning.